Hello and welcome to this ISIS Energy podcast. This is the final podcast in a four-part series that we have been running, looking at the changing electricity generation mix in Europe. This week we'll be looking at wind power. There has been a push for renewables around the world, um, and this is particularly true in the EU. We'll be looking today not only at the EU, but particularly uh, Germany, where um, I mean, this is Europe's largest economy. There's been a big push there to try and um, grow wind generation in the electricity uh, sphere. Uh, so we'll be looking at that to find out what has happened, uh, what challenges have been faced, and, and what we can expect going forward in the future as well. My name is Ben Lee, and here with me today is my colleague Laura Rouse, who, who specialises in the German market and has been covering news stories uh, and prices there. Uh, extensively. So thanks for joining us, Lara. So I guess just to start off, could you tell us a bit about what's happening? Uh, well, why Germany? Why are we looking at Germany? Germany has by far the highest uh, installed wind power capacity in EU. Uh, at the end of 2015, they had 45 gigawatts of uh, wind power capacity installed. Uh, the second uh, highest figure has Spain, which is 23 gigawatts. Uh, Denmark, for, uh, for example, actually has much higher share of wind power than Germany. Uh, last year, renewable wind power provided 42% of uh, Denmark's uh, power consumption. Uh, but uh, Denmark is quite a small country. Germany can really show us uh, uh, how, uh, really how a large uh, power system can cope with high share of volatile uh, volatile. Uh, wind and solar power. So, so it sounds like um, Germany's obviously been pushing quite hard, other countries too. I mean, what's the overall EU position on this? Uh, a European Commission wants uh, to increase the share of renewables in European Union. Uh, there is a mandatory target for member states to increase the share of renewables in their energy consumption uh, to 20% by 2020 in order to reduce uh, carbon emissions and for 2030 the target is uh, 27% and Germany has uh, even a much uh, uh, more ambitious national targets. Uh, last year renewables provided about 30% of their uh, power consumption and uh, about half of renewables came for wind power. Uh, by 2025, they want to increase the share of renewables to uh, 45 to 50%. And then by 2050, they uh, aim to have 80% share of renewables. Okay, so quite ambitious targets there then, uh, that will involve some changes to the electricity mix. Um, how's that all progressed for, say, Germany so far? I mean, has it been a smooth road to get to where they are, or has, have there been challenges? If so, what challenges? Uh, there definitely have been challenges. Uh, one problem with promoting renewables is that they are expensive and you need to subsidize them. And, uh, and subsidies mean market intervention, and it's difficult to design this type of subsidi subsidies that get the result that you exactly want. Uh, what has happened in Germany is that uh, subsidies have led to either higher or lower uh, growth of renewables, depending on type of renewables. Uh, uh, then the government has planned, and uh, overall the, sh the increase of uh, renewables have been actually higher than the government has uh, expected. 
uh, and uh, this has put a lot of pressure on wholesale electricity prices. So on the wholesale market, electricity prices have fallen to levels where conventional uh, generation is really struggling to make profit and some gas plants that actually government would like to keep on the market in the midterm to provide electricity when renewables are low have been shut down. Okay, so wholesale electricity prices have been falling. Um, has that translated through to lower prices for consumers of electricity as well? Uh, not really. Um, I talked to Marcel Muntz, an expert at the TA Consulting Group, about uh, how uh, Germany's renewables expansion has impacted consumer uh, electricity prices. Given that renewables and especially wind power have been massively dependent on subsidies in the last five to six years, um, the costs for the energy consumers in Germany have been increasing dramatically because those customers, the, the typical residential house and household customers, have to pay for the subsidies that are going to the wind farms. Okay, so it sounds like you know this has created a bit of a problem. Um, what is the government doing policy-wise to address some of these concerns? Uh, Germany's government plans to shift uh, most renewable energy subsidies from the current the guaranteed payments to tenders where a new uh, new uh, developers of new projects would have to compete for financial support and uh, many uh, several other european countries also are moving in this direction moving away from feed-in tariffs towards uh, more market-based subsidies partly it's because uh, the new state aid guidelines from the european commission say that uh, such a shift uh, is needed to uh, to reduce the cost of uh, of renewables expansion and to make expansion more predictable, more uh, for it to create less market distortions. Uh, but uh, but the shift to tenders it doesn't necessarily mean a success. Uh, some countries have not been successful with tender-based uh, subsidies. Uh, I talked to Peter Claudi, an expert on renewables at the PwC Consulting, about this. In France, you you already tried to 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 uh, to introduce tenders, and I think it was in 2004, and they planned a huge tender or several tenders to to perform, and. Uh, Actually, uh, the, the volume then was much lower, much, much lower than than previously envisaged. Um, and uh, the realization rate of such projects was very low. So the, the, they then canceled this process and they canceled to introduce, uh, to, to use tenders. So it sounds like France had some difficulties when they tried this before. In Germany, um, what sort of cost reductions can we expect from these tenders, Lara? Uh, Marcel Münz said that uh, there is uh, some potential in wind power to reduce costs. So if the tender system is, uh, if there's a there's good design for tenders, then uh, we can expect lower costs for consumers. I think we have to separate between uh, onshore and offshore. And when we talk about onshore, there has been massive cost uh, decreases over the last five years. So um, I think 80% of the cost reduction potential has been achieved so far. And if you build a wind farm somewhere in a wind-rich region with annual 
full load hours of let's say 2,500 or 3,000 hours per year, then you are already cost competitive to let's say uh, conventional generation technologies like coal and, and, and like gas, for example. I would say at the moment offshore is almost has almost double the costs than onshore, and I would say there is still a cost reduction potential of let's say between 25 and 40 percent. Uh, in the next five years maybe, that can be achieved and that could then bring the costs of, of offshore wind down to a level that is, um, that is maybe already cost competitive to other technologies. Uh, have there been any other challenges that have been stumbled across along the way be besides costs? Uh, indeed, uh, one big challenge with wind uh, and solar power is that uh, you can't really control their production levels easily because they depend on weather, so they're fluctuating a lot, uh, which means that uh, on some days when you have, uh, you might have really low wind and solar power, and then you need quite a lot of conventional generation to meet power demand, while on other days uh, you have so high uh, renewable energy generation that uh, prices on the wholesale market go to negative values, which has happened in Germany on several instances. Uh, and to avoid uh, such really sharp price movements, uh, the power system needs to become more flexible, experts say. Uh, for example, conventional power plants, uh, they, uh, they should be able to ramp up and down more quickly than they currently do, and also storage technologies uh, could, be, uh, could be useful for stabilizing the power system, but currently storage technologies, they're still uh, too expensive too uh, expensive to be deployed on a wide scale. And uh, another problem uh, in Germany with renewables is that uh, Germany's wind power is concentrated uh, in the northern part of the country because there are coastal areas with high winds and, uh, and uh, the country is unable to uh, transport this wind power uh, to, Germ uh, to the southern part on the days when uh, when wind energy generation is uh, very very high because it doesn't have a sufficient transmission capacity uh, and on such days with very high winds uh, the options tend to stabilize the power system to to reduce the excess uh, supply in the in the north is to use uh, other countries that are neighboring the germany to transport this wind power from north to south of germany uh, uh, or another option is to just uh, shut down some wind parks in southern northern Germany, which is not really efficient in a way. Well, it sounds like um, renewables and wind in particular have grown a lot in Germany, um, but this has um, produced a new set of problems which need to be overcome, uh, particularly from an infrastructure perspective. Um, but Germany has this ambitious target to grow further still in terms of renewables output. Uh, Lara, is it likely to, to meet that target? The experts that I talked to, they were quite uh, positive. Uh, they believe that Germany can meet its uh, mid-term renewable energy expansion targets. On the other hand, uh, they say it's not something we can take for granted. A lot of work uh, is needed to integrate renewables in the power system uh, looking ahead. All right, well, thanks, Lara. I think we'll wrap up there. I mean, there have been big changes uh, regarding the use of wind power in Europe. Um, it's grown a lot, particularly in Germany, um, which sort of acts as a, 
a good proxy for what might happen elsewhere given the size of the nation and its energy demands. Um, there, there are challenges around costs and also infrastructure um, and these will need to be looked at um, in order to get the system running more efficiently. Uh, but we'll be looking at this in more detail at ISIS going forward. Uh, so if you'd like more information, please go to ISIS.com. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this podcast and thank you to Lara and to our guests for joining us today. Thank <laughs> you.